Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Episode 126. Episode 126 is underway. This podcast was recorded in sunny St. George, Utah. I say that because today on my drive here, I literally passed a lady that was outside waiting for the public transportation system, a.k.a. the bus, that had, I'm not even joking you, a beach-size umbrella, not a drop of rain in sight. It's a, it is a broiling 111 degrees today here in southern Utah. See, what you have to say is, you say, was it, what do you say again? Sunny St. George? Sunny yeah. St. George. Sunny as the surface of the sun, St. George. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Scorching hey, St. George. Yes. My phone actually lie. says 112 right now. Yeah, incredible. It's hot. Holy incredible. crap, it's hot. I saw we pulled up together to the studio about the same time and I got out of my car, I was gonna wait for you, but I was it was in the sun and I'm like, no, I'm going over to the shade. It's too <laughs> hot out here. Beeline it for the shade. Yeah. I was actually a little envious of the lady's umbrella. It was just funny to me, you know what I mean? Like most of you think of umbrella, you think of rain. Yeah. And she's got this beach size umbrella <laughs> to, to cover her, you know, she's just Camped out waiting for the bus. Keep keep doing it, sister. Good for you. All right. On today's episode, we are going to talk about relapse warning signs. But I also think, like, it's been a minute since I've had the doc here in studio with me. And like I talked about on Paco's episode, the doc almost died on us or something. So I'm waiting to kind of get that story. He was, like, MIA for, like, like a month for sure so no we're gonna find out today all of his medical history if it was COVID 19 if it was a you know sexually transmitted disease or i, I don't know we might it's me being a baby probably <laughs> a little heat stroke from the 100 degree heat yeah, it might have been that too all right before that though let's jump into episode 126 is brought to us by rise up supplements rise up supplements is a nootropic line aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health they have two powerful blends. The first one is Mind Shift, helps increase focus and optimize brain function. The second is Mindful Mood, helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood. Check out their website at riseupsups.com. That's R I S E U P S U P S dot C O M. At checkout, punch in podcast 20 to save yourself 20% off your, your entire purchase today. We appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. Yep. I myself might be on some mind shift today, rock and roll. I'm feeling good, man. I was about to tell you, mind shift is my favorite. I don't really have a lot of anxiety in my life, and I'm not really don't my mood's usually okay. And but mind shift, I think, is really helpful for me. So yeah, it's like and the, I'm out, so I'm gonna have to get some mind shift. What from people those guys. don't understand, I think, is they're used to the regular supplement stuff. You know, like the the bodybuilder type supplements, sports workouts. This is supplements for the noodle, right? Yeah. So. It's a it's a nootropic, wait, which wait, is basically the wait, building which blocks. Noodle? <laughs> I, buy, I buy those ones from Canada. <laughs> okay, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. For yeah. your brain, these are supplements for your brain. Oh, that that noodle. So that it helps with memory recall. It helps you know with verbal acuity. Uh, helps you get tasks done. It's really good stuff. It basically helps increase blood to the brain, which you know blood brings nutrients. Uh, it's the the amino acid, the building blocks for the neurotransmitters. So, thing, I don't know if it makes you smarter, but it makes you think you're smarter and you feel better. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, we're we're definitely finding out now through more modern research. You know, we used to think the brain couldn't really change much. Like it was this neuroplasticity that term that's being thrown around a lot. It's kind of a new term. Like this was not a term 20 years ago. Mm. Right, and we used to think you couldn't change the brain at all, but we're now seeing that given the right building blocks and the right milieu in the brain, that the brain is capable of changing and healing itself. And I think these are particularly helpful things in people in early recovery where they've depleted a bunch of their neurotransmitters from drug use or alcohol use, and uh, I think it helps the brain heal a little bit quicker, so... I concur. I don't know about you, Doc, but I did a lot of drugs back in my day, and I'm firing on about two brain cells, yeah, and I, I want those two brain cells to be real efficient. You know what I mean? Yeah, real I got, efficient. I got one, and the <laughs> other, but the other one, the, the other one here's a really a technical doctor term. I apologize. I got 
one nerve cell and one spirochete. And every once in a while, they touch each other, and a thought comes to my head, and I think I'm, <laughs> a spirochete, by the way, is uh, comes from syphilis. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. hey, it's a, it's the syphilis, uh, it's the brain's reaction to syphilis, basically. Got you. Yeah. Got it. And now we know why you're sick. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is just gonna be. Listen, we're gonna get to halt today. We're gonna have some fun with relapse warning signs. The whole point of this podcast is to spread a message of hope. Also to to spread some education, increase awareness. We have the 24th of July coming up. For those of you outside of Utah, you're like, cool, the 24th Monday. Woohoo, big whoopty. What is it? Well, here in Utah, it's big. We have what we call Pioneer Day. Yep, it's big. Some people refer to as Pioneer Day, <laughs> which is why we're talking about relapse warning signs today, right? Like, absolutely. You know, any of those holidays. And so I actually, earlier this week in group, one of the clients said, what is Pioneer Day? And I said, it's basically the Kroger brand of the, of the 4th of July, <laughs> right? Like it's the, it, it's the Walmart version or the Smith's version of the main product, which is the 4th of July, AKA Pioneer Day on the 24th here in Utah. Well, so they, we have Pioneer Day. Nevada has Nevada Day. Other states celebrate when they were founded. So, you know, calling us the Kroger I mean, well, half the that, state doesn't even know what Kroger is. I meant like the, it, you know, the 24th. It just feels like, it feels to me like. I'm proud of him for knowing what Kroger is, frankly. <laughs> it feels like I'm caught in a deja vu of the 4th of July. You know what I mean? Like, because it's the barbecue and the pool and the fireworks. And so it's like, it's like the 4th of July all over again. It's just like 20 one days 50th later. of the 4th of July. Is it? Okay. Come on. Have you ever it? noticed? Come on, get it? It's not. Um, what yeah, if, I get it. Okay, got thank, you. thank you. I got it. Have Thanks. you ever noticed? Good, by the way. Our guy Sean loves to correct me. Sean, Somebody no, failed Sean. geometry. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be me. Sean's got a very interesting sense of humor. That's, yes. You got to, man, you got to be right on top of it to figure Sean's stuff out sometimes. I, yes. I, I don't think that's bad. That's a good thing. That's, Follow him on Facebook, clever. Sean yeah. Denovan. Yeah, he's got. He's got some stuff. I would like to think you're going to get a half a million followers, but there's probably like two seven. people listening. You'll get to seven <laughs> new guys, maybe. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, Sean. Nothing. Let's okay. catch up. It's been a minute since we've all been together. We typically do new and goods. We're yeah. going to scrap the new and goods because today I just want to like, a lot's happened since we've been sitting in the studio together. Sure. sure. What's been going on in your life, Doc? Well, uh, I was sick. And uh, when I get, I'm not, uh, doctors are notoriously not very good patients. <laughs> And I'm probably at the far end of that spectrum. I'm a terrible patient, first of all, uh, f for several reasons. And one is uh, I don't listen to other people very well. <laughs> I don't listen to other people's advice all that well. I need to work on that. But That's um, a shocker to me, Doc. Yeah, I know. No one's, no one's shocked by that. But uh, So it was weird because... So I, I had a bunch of people reach out and ask, you know, what's going on? How how you doing? What's, and I just, for a long time, like almost two weeks, I just was not even in a place where I could answer texts. I just didn't feel good enough to pick up my phone. Mm. And so, I you know, I ignored a bunch of people. Plus, uh, yeah, I didn't have the energy. Like, I honestly, for maybe a week straight, I didn't get out of my bed except to go to the bathroom, and I didn't eat any solid food. And I just was so depleted. I just didn't have the energy to, to answer anybody. And a lot of people are, you know, getting bugged by that. And I'm like, oh, please, man, I'm dying here. Yeah. So it was weird because it's, when I tell you what it is, it's just not, it sounds like, oh, that's no big deal, except it was a big deal to me. So you know how I knew it was a big deal? Of course, you know me. I love to tease you, right? Like yeah, I, sure. our relationship wouldn't be what it is if I didn't think it was just hilarious to give you a hard time. So. Sure. So I'm like, you know, giving you a bad time, sending you some sarcastic texts and stuff. So when you say people get upset, that was pro I probably personalized that. That was me for sure, you know. Uh, I didn't realize how serious it was until I call. Of course, when I don't get a response from you, I'm like, what's going on? So I call Melody, your wife, and she's like, and I'm like, what's going on? Is Doc dying? Ha ha, you know, in my sarcastic tone. And she's like, he's actually super sick. And that's when it like hit me like, okay, this is serious. It, it well, okay, so here's what happened. I, I... I get migraine headaches. I've had them most of my life. In fact, my mom tells me I had them when I was a child. I don't really remember those, but I've had migraine headaches for years. It's frankly a giant part of the reason why I got addicted to morphine. I was using that for migraine headache relief, which it works for a minute, but 
Um, anyway, I, uh, I had this, I went to work on a Wednesday, uh, down in Richfield and a whole bunch of events happened that day. And I didn't wind up getting home until two 30 in the morning. And I was riled up from some of the events at work. I didn't get to bed till three 30 in the morning. And then I had a golf tournament the next day, which I had to get up at six 30. So I got three hours of sleep that night. And sleep and headaches are really tied together for me. If I don't get good sleep, I get more headaches than if I do get good sleep. So I get up at 6.30. I go out and play this golf tournament. It was a really hot day. Um, you know, it wasn't hot compared to St. George. But, it was, you know, it was the high 90s. And golf tournaments typically, golf a round of golf is about four hours, but a golf tournament can be six or seven pretty easily. So, so I'm out in the sun all day after sleeping for three hours. I think I got dehydrated. I get home that night after the tournament and after doing some work, and I just had a migraine that was just terrible. And so I went to bed and woke up the next day. My migraine was worse, and it got so bad I started throwing up. Well, I'm, I think I was dehydrated from the day before, and now I start throwing up. I can't even keep any food down. I can't keep water down. Mm. And so I got wor- more and more dehydrated. And literally on the fifth night, and this is true, and it's over, so no one needs to call the psych ward and get me admitted, but literally on the fifth night uh, of having pain in my head, really bad pain in my head for five consecutive days, which I've never had in my life. I've had two-day migraines, but I've never had one last longer than that. This thing had gone on for five days, and the night, the fifth night, I literally asked God if I could kill myself. And I, wow. I, I think I was serious, like, cause I couldn't take pain in my head any longer. Now, of course, you know God's answer. It wasn't, it wasn't yes, and it wasn't no. It was, it was weird because I got this impression at three in the morning, okay, to go take some Excedrin, which I had taken, Imitrex, which is a way better migraine medicine than Excedrin is. I had, and three o'clock in the morning is not a great time for Excedrin. It's got caffeine in it, right. So anyway, I got this impression to take Excedrin. I went and I took three Excedrin. And I laid back down. About an hour later, the pain in my head eased enough that I fell asleep. And I woke up the next day and the headache was, you know, it wasn't gone, but it wasn't. It's manageable. It wasn't eight or nine out of ten. It was more like two or three out of ten. Mm. And it got better from there. I wound up, uh, I work for a company that does home health. Uh, and I had one of the nurses come over and give me an IV. I got two IVs. I got one one day, and they put two liters of fluids into me. And then the next day they came and did the same thing, two more liters of fluids. I got four liters of fluids in two days and just gradually started to get better. But, man, it took me a solid maybe two weeks before I left the house. Like yeah. Before I got out of my bed a little bit after day seven or eight, but I didn't leave the house until about day 13 or 14 i think i'm just glad i'm glad to have you back i'm i'm glad to hear your voice in the headphones i'm glad to have you on the podcast man i'm glad that when that also speaking of our topic today relapse warning signs and and how you shared this is how you developed an opiate addiction right Right. is is through migraines and i remember when you came on it was episode one and you shared your story right um at that time was was that I think physical pain is an absolute. Physical pain is a is absolutely a critical thing for, particularly for uh, people who use opiates. But even alcohol and benzos and anything that'll put you to sleep. But physical pain's a giant trigger. It's not one of the common things. It's commonly talked about, but it's not like when we talk about halt or we talk about those sorts of things. That's not always mentioned. But that's a high risk time yeah. when you have actual physical pain. Now, emotional pain is a high risk also, but physical pain is, a, for me, a giant trigger. When I, when I have migraines, like that's when my brain goes to, hey, a little morphine would be great right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great one. So Way to roll right, right into our topic Here today. we go. Yeah. What's no good in your world, though, before we roll in? We don't have... To catch up, so me and Mandy hit our two-year anniversary Woo, on the 14th. Yeah, she's put up with Minecraft for she's, more than two years, dude. Is that crazy that or means, what? That means she's crazy. Uh, yeah. I, ter- but, but a good crazy, so that's good. Diagnosably, for yeah, sure, right? For sure. Um, she's a oh, man. I'm lucky. I So we went out to California, San Diego more specifically. We spent some time in Mission Bay. Yeah, it's we spent beautiful. spent some time out there in Coronado. 
uh, the the hotel out there was amazing. Did you, man. Did hotel you go to the Del Hotel Coronado? Del Coronado? Yeah. yeah, that's a cool place. It's built like for for any. Anyway, I'm gonna stay on topic here, but so Don't we stay celebrated. On topic. It was built forever ago. Yeah, and um, Hilton came in and bought the property. Okay, and they kept it to its original form. So you walk into Hotel Del Coronado, and it's like stepping back in time. Man. Uh-huh. It's just it's crazy, right? Yeah. Like the wallpaper, the old pictures, like it. it Man, it was it was cool. It was yeah. super cool. So, it was fun. And then uh, I got to share this just because on our honeymoon, I'll make it quick. On our honeymoon, me and Mandy rented some e bikes, right? And we cruised okay. around. You know, when we first were married, we didn't have a ton of money, right? And so we right. just went to Park City, just somewhere locally. Yeah. We rented some e bikes. We're cruising around, just you know, doing the the shop thing. And and I did this little video of it. And so, <laughs> so we're out here in Del Cor- or uh, in Coronado, California. We rent some beach cruisers and she tries recreating the same like little video, okay. right? Saying the same thing I said to her. Uh oh. Only she's on a men's beach cruiser and it's way too big for her. And she's trying to film and ride at the same time. She ends up drive wobbling and she, it's all caught on camera. It's funny, it's on it's on social media. Um she drives through a bush, almost hits a fence, ends up halfway on some dude's lawn, and the whole time she's screaming, Jared, help, help, help. And I'm like 10 feet in front of her, like, what do you want me to do? You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> uh, it was so much fun. Well, there you go. Way to embarrass your wife on, uh, on our yeah, podcast. Yeah, she's Lovely. a cutie. Yeah. All right, relapse warning signs. Should we, should we get to it? Sure. Let's talk about it. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Relapse warning signs. So... Man, I know that there's some stuff out there. Like you talked about HALT. Yeah. Um, there's some stuff that we both have done a little bit of research on. There's an assignment that I brought specifically that's a relapse prevention assignment. Uh, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with HALT? Do we want to start with the Hazleton? I don't. Uh, I think we can start with HALT because a lot of... So one of the articles I read coming in and most of this stuff, like we all kind of know. To see it written down is helpful, but we all kind of know most of this stuff. But a lot of the stuff, uh, so I read this article published by Hazelden about 37 warning signs of, of relapse of, or of impending relapse. And then Gabor Mate has got a bunch of stuff on relapse prevention. And, and so I was going through a bunch of that stuff. But the truth is of the 37, 25 of them fit into halt pretty easily. Yeah. So why don't we start with halt? So halt, it's all kind of boiled down, right? To, yeah. You can boil those down to, okay, so my halt is a little different. Yeah, you got extra letters. I got an extra H, yeah. but let's start you at the very the top. double H. Halt. <laughs> yeah, halt. It's, it's like a German or German Russian. Halt. Yeah. It's, yeah, halt. It, there's an extra H in there, and I'll explain why, and okay. I think it's important. I think it's valid, but let's start. The traditional H in halt stands for? Hungry. Hungry. Yes. Yeah. I'm starving right now. A relapse warning sign is absolutely hunger, which a lot of people may or may not know or think of. Why would it be, Doc? Explain to me in the brain, right? Like, let's let's geek out for a sec. Why is it that hungry would put somebody at risk for relapse? Yeah, so when I think about that, right, I don't think about, I'm a little bit hungry. I ate breakfast and it's almost lunchtime. I'm a little bit hungry. That's not what I'm talking about. Or that's not what I think about. I think about hungry being a sign of sort of either too chaotic of a lifestyle or not enough self-care where you just don't have enough time to eat. And so you're skipping meals occasionally and postponing eating for hours and those sorts of things. The fact that you might get a little hungry as lunch approaches is not really what that's talking about to me. I think it's talking about more lack of proper self-care and lack of proper nutrition frankly. So yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think it's a little different than just being kind of your normal. I'm a little bit hungry right now. Not your typical low blood sugar. Not like, you know, Hey, on the daily when life's all cool, I'm just a little bit, I could use a protein shake or a banana. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Also one of the, on one of the assessments that I do for depression specifically, one of the questions is, um, irregular appetite, either overly hungry or no appetite at all, right? Which yep. ties into what you're saying. It's we're talking about the type of hunger that is caused by emotional distress. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And so, one. yeah, and I, I think that first of all, the brain. We just talked about this when we talked about the supplements earlier. The brain needs certain things to function properly. It actually needs sugar 
in the form of, in any form, frankly, but in the form of complex carbohydrates is the best way to do it. But it, the brain needs some of that to function properly. It's interesting, though, that there's a lot of people that may not know this, but the brain is the one organ in the human body that can survive even if there's very little sugar in your bloodstream. It can survive on fat, which it can use fat as a fuel. No other organs can actually use fat as a fuel, but the brain can. Like the brain can, when you're in sort of ketosis, which is where you're low in carbohydrates, when you're in ketosis, your brain can actually use those ketones as a, as a fuel source. Well, that's a, that's a defense mechanism to keep us alive. Like if you're, if you're dying from starvation. Right. And this is not what we're talking about today. But if you're dying from starvation, your brain will survive longer than the rest of the body, which it needs to, right? No brain, it doesn't matter if your heart's surviving. It can't be controlled. Right. The brain's the most important right. organ, right. arguably. So that's a sparing, yeah. that's a life-sparing sort of thing. But, but the truth is the brain doesn't function optimally on ketones. It functions optimally on carbohydrates. And so if we have these giant spikes in carbohydrates... And then these crashes afterwards, which is what the body does, uh, then that's not great for the brain. Yeah, and you I, get spikes from simple sugars, and you don't get spikes like that from complo complex carbohydrates. I oftentimes wonder on causation or correlation when it comes to nutrition and mood, right? Because so I like to you know I like to try to eat healthy and go to the gym and exercise and all the stuff right because it's very I've been able to to realize it's a big part of my mental health. Here's what I observe though, especially in early recovery, like in the day treatment phase where people are coming for most of the day. Man, it, they have mood swings, and I'm curious. Right, I get in a curious stage. And I'm like, why are they so all over the place? Mm -hmm. You know. And then I watch what they eat. Sure. And they come in with these, I mean, two and three monsters or two and three, like these energy drinks that got a ton of sugar in or them. Or pockets full of candy. They, right. They're sucking on candy A couple Pop-Tarts. Right. So they're eating Pop-Tarts. They're eating energy drinks. Mm -hmm. They're eating, you know, Bear Claws or Donuts or Krispy Kreme. And it's like, no wonder. No I'm sorry. Wonder. Wait, wait, wait. There's nothing wrong with Bear Claws. Okay, you just step back off of that one. There's nothing wrong with bear claws. <laughs> Sean feels personally I've attacked. Had three, I've had three today, so back off. Well, Sean, listen, when your blood sugar drops Sean's again. Sean's about to relapse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, he's not a... He, never mind. Yeah, he's, he's one, yeah, of those one of those magical guys that folk. can do that. Um, when your blood sugar bottoms out and you fall asleep over there, we'll know why, right? <laughs> Piping up from the three bear claws, you're going to be nodding out here in a minute as soon as that insulin in your body kicks in. What? Say what? It's bad snoring. Go on. I, I apologize. <laughs> you just sleep over there. But you know what I mean? So he that's can push one thing. buttons in his sleep, though. That's the cool yeah. thing. Yeah. That dude's a, he's a machine. Yeah. So that's one thing that I've noticed. And it's like, okay, is it that, you know, they have that emotional distress and so their body is wanting dopamine and so they're craving these sugary things okay, and these so things that are not good for them? Or is it because they're eating these sugary things that are not good for them? They're having these mood swings, irregular blood sugars. They're a, basically a walking disaster because they can't eat proper nutrition. So I'm glad you brought that but up. They because, choose not to eat. Because honestly, nutrition. I think that you've probably seen some of these. There's studies occasionally in the literature that are just ridiculous, right? Oh, I forgot to do seller silly seconds. I didn't have one, but but here's a silly right. one. You've seen studies probably in the literature, and I definitely have seen them, where they compare the addictiveness of cocaine to the addictiveness of a chocolate chip cookie. I hate right? those, man. So so ridiculous, right? But there's a point to be made there that's there's no way that chocolate chip cookies are as addictive as cocaine. Sorry, but uh, chocolate chip cookies, particularly simple sugars of any kind, not just chocolate chip cookies, cause dopamine spikes in the midbrain. Which, again, uh, the, the things that happen in the brain with addiction are so unbelievably complex. But if you want to boil it all down, it's all boiled down to dopamine release. And we've talked about that multiple times. And the audience kind of knows how we feel about that. But that's the final common pathway of all drugs and alcohol. And so a chocolate chip cookie, a, 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 a pocket full of candy, a sugary drink, the... Oh, um, sorry, I just as looked, you look I at your monstrous at my nine thousand ounce Dr Pepper. <laughs> um, all of those things contain high amounts of sugar and release lots of dopamine from your midbrain. Yeah. It feels a little bit like what drugs and alcohol do to you. And the only thing we got thirty seconds left here, yeah. so we're going to come back to this. But I think the only reason why they make those comparisons are 
if I could find some type of silver lining in those comparisons, is it allows people that have never had a chemical dependency to try to relate or understand in some way. That's the only positive thing I think that comes from those. Yeah, sure. There's no way to well, compare it, though. I I'd do, love, I do I'd not love like to comment on that when we come back. I don't have enough time yeah. right now. But. All right. Well, join us on episode 126 right after this short little break from High Desert Counseling, one of our sponsors of We Do Recovery. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rice of Supplements, and the Hilton Garden Inn. High Desert Counseling is an adult outpatient substance abuse treatment facility. We offer multiple services including day treatment, morning and evening intensive outpatient services, continuing care, and Prime for Life. What makes us different is our emphasis on gathering all of the information before enrollment. We do this by offering a thorough evaluation by a credentialed professional. Once we have committed to you and you have committed to us, don't worry, insurance will not dictate your treatment. Lastly, the pretzel effect. We are a brief intervention where we connect our clients to community, mental health, and medical professionals to help maintain recovery for life after treatment. At High Desert Counseling, we strive to be the bridge from active addiction to recovery, community, and connection. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Welcome back, everybody. Part two, episode number 126. We're talking about relapse warning signs. We're going to continue that discussion in just a second. I want you to know that uh, we're good. Uh, we're good right now. Jared just changed out his Zen, so he's ready to go. <laughs> this and, guy. Uh, Okay, sorry. This guy. Talk about dopamine release. <laughs> I, I, put, I put my bear claw away, so now I'm awake for the rest of the show. Your fourth bear claw. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't mean I put it. I mean, never mind. And I have the. But I put it away. It will never be found again. But they're so delicious. It, he meant put it away in his belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm properly nicotine leveled. Yeah. So the dopamine is flowing. Okay. In my midbrain, doc. Well, let's talk about the Hilton Garden in for let's a second, can we? Okay, Hilton Garden Inn is our is the sponsor of our podcast as well, and the second part of this podcast particularly. Uh, it's always sunny and bright at the Hilton Garden Inn. If you have never stayed at the Hilton Garden Inn, do yourself a favor and do that if you're traveling through southern Utah. Uh, Hilton Garden Inn takes really good care of us. I'm staying there this evening. It should be lovely, and I always love staying there. Uh, great amenities, great pool, great hot tub. Uh, food actually really good, and the staff is so warm and open like i they treat me like family so i love that but give them a shot at uh your stay there your kids are gonna love it they love the pool they're gonna love the pool they're gonna love the hot tub they're gonna love all the stuff so only i just have one thought yeah we talk about the hilton garden and give them you know we say go on google if you're traveling to southern utah yeah. give them a google search yep. if you've stayed at the hilton garden Inn in st george utah and you had a great experience go on google and give them a five-star sure. review yeah yeah. That helps people so much, right? Like, I don't know about you and Melody, but me and Mandy, like, we, we Google and check out reviews all the time. Sure. So oftentimes, like, if we have a bad experience, we're way more likely to leave a negative review. If you've had a good experience, go give them five stars. I think that's true of almost everyone, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I for think sure. Because the people that have bad experiences are more emotionally motivated to put yes. something down. So if you see a bad review or two, I wouldn't get too carried away with it because people have something go wrong and they hate it and but uh go show them some love but yeah do if you have a good experience and you will so yeah all right let's get back to it so we were we were just talking about um we were just talking about the acronym halt halt and we got to the first h is all we got was which is well, you have a you have a two h halt uh, the traditional halt is one h but we got to we were talking about the first one which is hunger and you you made the point that Studies like the chocolate chip cookie versus cocaine help people who have never had addiction to sort of relate. But to me, it's like I, I roll my eyes whenever people who are normies say to me, oh, man, I'm really craving. So 
I'm really craving some chocolate ice cream. I'm really craving a, a bear, bear claw. claw. <laughs> right. Oh. Right. The overpriced ones at Albertsons. Oh. Yes. I don't think I'll anybody t- in the history of craving diet soda, bear claws, or chocolate chip cookies has ever done a robbery. Yes. In, right. Right. With never the purpose hawked, of they've never hawked their TV for chocolate ice cream. Right. 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 They've never t- they've never and, stolen from their neighbors. And so, yes, you can use our word yeah. craving if you want. However, you don't truly understand but what I, that looks but like. I, I lied to my wife once that I was getting bear claws. I didn't tell her. Well, that's you're an addict. Is that a, is that a, okay. All right. You're an addict now. I'm now. a part of the group now. Yes. Now you're an yes. addict. He's you're in. A bear, bear claw addict. Yeah. Uh, yeah We're going to add that I to the DSM-5. I can't just roll my eyes because... But but I also hate it when people co-opt words like craving wasn't originally designed. That word wasn't made by people who had addiction issues. Right. So I, I don't like co-opting words. But um, but the cravings that we're talking about are way more intense. Like your brain thinks you're going to die. Like you may be sitting on your hands and sweating, and all you can think about is, well, maybe Sean does this with bear claws. I don't know. He but might. All you can think about is where do I get some dope? Yeah. So that's an intense craving. Well, yeah. uh, I think we I think we got H covered pretty well. Yeah, we got Take H good care of yourself. Simple sugars aren't great for you. They're uh, simulating dopamine spikes, which is sort of addict-like behavior. But you'll see in early recovery, people that come in, just barely come into treatment centers, man, they'll be just candy, 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 candy. We, we are dopamine fiends. Yep, they are, yes. They're just trying to get some dopamine in their brain. Yes. Which, which at that point, candy's all they got. So, all right, let's move on. Kay. Do you want to talk about last piece before we okay. move on from yeah. the, our first stage? Yeah. Again, we're talking about the type of hunger that is tied into the emotional piece. Mm-hmm. If you can recognize that you are either either a overly hungry mm. or b you do not have much of an appetite, that might be deeper than just your blood sugar. You know, three square meals a day. So take a look at that. Be curious about it. Don't judge yourself, but be curious. You know, like look into that. Uh, That's a a great point. Yeah. Your motivation for eating is critical. Yeah. If you're eating for uh, your health, because you know you're supposed to have, you know, a few small meals in the day versus you're eating to comfort yourself. Yep. Like if you're eating emotionally of any sort of emotion, but a lot of people eat for comfort. Uh, or starve themselves for control, mm-hmm. uh, th- those are bad motivations for which, which why is, you're eating in the first place. Which is why it makes the top of the list for warning relapse warning signs, right? Yep. Let's move to our second. What's this? But are we going to move to A or are we going to do the second H? We're going to do my second H because it's a little taboo. Right. I feel like people don't <laughs> talk about it enough. Okay. And I'm going to be the guy that talks about it. Oh, my God. Because gosh. I like to be a little you extra. You always get you know. on me whenever I mention testicles or but here he goes here he goes here's his second Our second h, h number rhymes two. with corny what? horny oh what yes hungry horny now this goes back to the point of the dopamine in the brain it's very important for us through all of these acronyms h h a l t to recognize when we're just off when we don't feel right when we've been you know uh, we haven't had that that some type of pleasure or some type of um, dopamine, right? Like, sure. And so some of the things that are natural dopamine releasers that will help satisfy that urge and avoid that relapse is making sure that you're eating right, making sure that you're not, you know, trying to go long periods of time in abstinence from, uh, how do I t- put this tastefully? Um, intimacy pleasures, right? Okay. Because it puts you at a higher risk. That was tasteful. Again, I'm not trying to be like gross and inappropriate, but if, it, yeah, like if you're walking, you know what I mean? If if you haven't had some type of pleasure dopamine release experience, you are at a higher risk because typically that leads to irritability. It leads to, right, putting you in kind of a, a dark place. I don't think anybody in the history of intimacy has ever rolled over and went, well, I just feel like crap now. No. Um, not usually. <laughs> Right, because it releases the dopamine. So, so the second H in halt for me is horny. Unless you just had sex while you were high <laughs> okay. or drunk. Okay, 
And then realize in the morning that that was someone you probably shouldn't have had sex with, right? Right. That's the only time someone ever rolls over and says, oh, that was terrible. Yeah, and there's other ways of satisfying that besides sleeping with random people and being unhealthy. Well, so that, again, it goes back to me uh, on this topic. It goes back to me for motivation, right? Yeah, intention. Are, are Are you wanting to be intimate with this person because you feel something for this person are you randomly running around and just trying to have sex with anything that moves? Yeah. Like the, the, the motivation behind it, and listen, you know me, I'm a pretty solid, staunch Mormon dude, right? Yeah. I don't have You're sex outside vanilla. my marriage and yeah. that all that stuff. But um, You may be a little vanilla bean. I'm you vanilla, know, you got a little I'm vanilla bean, bean in there. Yeah, you're vanilla bean, dude. Don't comment on my bean like that. <laughs> Okay, um, Sean's over there shaking his head. <laughs> he's, he's scratching right. his head and wondering. Either why. I'm going to say something disapproving, or I'm going to push you guys over the edge with a completely inappropriate comment. So I'll, we'll figure out either. which road you're on, we'll and take, I'm going to go there. We'll take either. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. Maybe. So, uh, so I, I think motivation is really yeah. key. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as it is with the hunger thing. Why are you eating? And why are you? Why are you being intimate with and, someone? And for me, it's awareness. And I don't it's care about this. It's being able to recognize, hey, I'm in a crap mood. I'm in a dark place. I need to f- seek out some type of natural dopamine release. You know what I mean? Like within responsibility and value system. Yeah. 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 Should we move on to the A? Yeah, for sure. Let's move on to the A. Yeah. What's the A? I don't know. Angry? Angry. Am I ticked off? Yes. Yeah, I am. Angry. Angry yeah. is a relapse warning sign in our acronym HALT. So, why anger, Doc? Well, um, what do we get angry about? I think. Because, so anger is a secondary emotion, right? Um, And anger is, anger can be a fairly dangerous emotion, right? Because we're, when we're angry, we're either, we're doing one of several things, but one of the things we're doing is putting ourselves as a victim, like, oh, somebody else did something to me. Somebody else did something that ruined my life or that harmed me in some way and anger we're looking outside of ourselves and starting to point the finger which leads at to other people which leads to right resentments i was on todd sylvester's podcast and he said something that i absolutely loved he said resentment breeds rebellion interesting yeah. so if you're feeling angry if you're feeling resentful towards people you're going to want to go against the grain. You're going to want to swim upstream. You're going to want to do something to show them. How many times do we see this? And I've been guilty of it myself. So I say we, right? Because I'm not judging people. I'm, I'm in this pool. I'll show you, Doc. I'm oh, pissed yeah. off about something you do. Yeah. I'll hurt me, yeah. right? I'm angry at you, so I'm going to go get loaded. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to show you how much you hurt me. Anger is for sure an uncomfortable emotion. Yeah. Nobody really loves it. Some of us actually pretend like we thrive on it right but the truth is nobody's brain really likes anger it's a very harmful emotion and it's a destructive one and that's why it makes the list on halt the acronym halt yep yeah sure let's move i'm trying to move us through some of these quickly because i know you got some really good stuff no i mean we're good but lonely oh no the l in halt lonely yeah so that that ties into the your second age right yeah right i mean ties into horny yeah it does a little bit like but but it's a it, loneliness is a much deeper emotion, mm. a lot more sort of human emotion than horny is. Like horny is a is a midbrain emotion. Frankly, yes. it's a, it's a midbrain drive to reproduce, yes. right? And there are creatures that are not human that are horny. Sure, right? Like every creature in nature. It's trying to reproduce. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I also think it ties into anger too, because like you said, anger is a secondary emotion. Most of the time when people are angry, it's because they're deep down, they're sad or they're hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're lonely combined with that, right? Like craving that connection, I'm going to say it. What's his name? He did the speech. Johan Hari? Johan Hari. Here we go. The opposite of addiction is connection. Right, so loneliness, in which it's true. I just don't love everything about that speech. I won't get into it. Um, I do think there are chemical hooks in heroin, and that's where I disagree. But right, but it's I do agree with him on the point. In heroin. 
I do agree with him on the point. The opposite of addiction is connection, and that speaks to the lonely piece. You are at increased risk, risk of relapse if you don't have connection, if you're lonely, if you're isolating. Okay, so it's it's interesting that you brought up isolation because that's a that's the place my brain goes. Right, we sometimes create our own loneliness mm. by isolating. Right, if we and how and I, and I think it would be important to talk about for just a minute or two. Um, like when you're feeling like that, what can we do about that feeling of loneliness, right? So what you can do about it is, Johan Hari, you can do connection. Yeah. How do we do connection? How do we get out of loneliness? Because we all feel lonely sometimes. If we've all felt lonely occasionally in a crowded room. Absolutely. You can feel lonely. I see it every day. But, but why? Why do people feel lonely in a crowded room? I think it's because in their minds, they think nobody will understand me. Mm -hmm. Nobody's been through what I've been through. Mm -hmm. If they knew the things that I've done or the things I've been through, they would judge me. It's a, it's a defense mechanism, which the brain believes and it distances them from human, other human beings. It distances them from, I think that's spot on. I do. I think that's great. It's, we create our own loneliness by looking at other people and seeing the differences between us and them rather than the similarities. Mm-hmm. And my, um, I've told this story before, but when I, when I went to treatment, right, I'm sitting in group and I was a, at the time a fair, quite busy obstetrician who thought I was all that, right? <laughs> and to my left is a plumber. To my right is a Native American dude who worked for the Division of Wildlife Resources, and his job was to, it's interesting, he'd go, they have these stun bombs or something they throw in rivers, and it stuns all the fish, and they float to the top, and then they count them <laughs> to see sort of what the how, okay. the how the river is stocked with fish and stuff. I've always wondered how they got those That's senses. how they do that. Um, <laughs> this guy sat right to my right. So this guy's an, the Native American dude's an alcoholic. The plumber is a meth addict, and the and then the guy over here's a dude that does like hair restoration plugs, and he's like four foot ten and heck yeah, a, a little obnoxious. And I'm sitting there in this group, and I'm like, what am I doing here? Mm. I'm not like these guys. Mm. I'm not a plumber. I'm not a Native American dude that blows up fish. I'm not a I'm not a hair plug restoration dude. And I started seeing all the differences, and right. it's like, yeah, I don't belong in this group. I got nothing in common with you people. And then, and then it, well, you people is a really critical term. Have you ever term, sat right? in a group and had somebody say the word you people? Yes, I have. So fun. Yeah. It's usually a family member, <laughs> right? But yeah. That, that'll, that'll Sometimes it's your, other clients. That, that'll put the hair. Yeah, for sure. Typically that's, alcoholics right. in a room full of people that have other chemicals. Oh, for sure. And they think that somehow they're different because it's socially acceptable. Right. And they drop the word yeah. you people. Yeah. And everybody, you just watch, everybody's like, what did they just say? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't until I looked at, when I stopped for just a second and I thought, wait a sec, I'm not here because I'm a doctor and he's not here because he's a plumber. Mm. We're here because we have substances and the substances are different, but they do the same thing in the brain. Yep. And we're all here for the same reason. And then I started to connect with the group. And those are some people, the people I went to treatment with like hold a spot right here in my heart now. Yeah. Right. Because they're me with a different job. Yeah. That's all it was. And so when we start pointing out differences or pointing out our uniqueness or we create our own loneliness. So I got to share something real quick. I got a couple thoughts here. I'm glad that you said that doc, because a lot of people don't know this. I don't talk about this a lot, but I actually see private patients through Dr. Evans's uh, Desert Sands Clinic that come in for ketamine treatments for depression. And when they have a SUD disorder, right, when they're struggling with some type of substance abuse, he'll bring me in and, and it's a cash pay. And so it's a private client. Sweet. And I don't want to get into particulars, but most of these people have a professional license and they don't want to go the route of a quote unquote public treatment center, right? Because they, they, they're they not real familiar maybe with HIPAA or whatever the cir- circumstances right. are. Right. One of the hardest things for me to do with those clients is exactly what you're talking about. With those people? With with you people? Yeah, <laughs> right? With those private pay clients, the ones that don't want to do the group setting, the ones that are worried about going to an AA meeting or an NA meeting or a Dharma meeting or a smart recovery meeting or whatever it is, right, is they're lacking that two things, typically. They're lacking this, the recovery companionship. Mm-hmm. 
and they're lacking to be able to identify that they're not really that special, yeah. that their problems really aren't that unique, right. that there are people out there that are going through similar or have been through similar things that they're going through. And so to overcome that, that group belief of like that you get from group, right? right. That's the hardest thing, man. There's nobody out there like me. Lonely. There's Leads nobody to out there like me. That's, we all have thought that. I remember feeling that when I first went to treatment. Like, I'm not going to, so I was delivering babies in Provo, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to treatment in Provo. Mm. I'm going to Salt Lake where maybe way less people could know me. I don't want anybody to know, like. You were that guy. I was, for sure I was that guy, right? And at the end of the day, we're all just human beings. Right. I sat down in that experience. group and I was that guy. Because I got this guy on my right who's sure. not like me. And this guy on my left who's not like me. Yeah. I'm that guy. And I, I wanted to remain anonymous. There's no one in my life today of any importance to me at all that doesn't know that I'm in recovery. Yeah. Right. So it's you get over that sort of terminal uniqueness, hopefully, but you also get over the sort of embarrassment of you put a little time behind you and all of a sudden it's not embarrassing. It's a little bit more of a, I'm kind of proud of the fact that I've been sober for almost 21 years. I can remember the first time I said to a sponsor, I shared something super deep with them and it's not about me. It's about the point of the story. So I'll get to it. I got done sharing this intimate piece that I hadn't shared with anybody with this guy. Right. And the whole time he's just stone cold. And I'm like, you know, in my head, like, what's this guy's, he's going to fire me. He's, he's not going to want to work with me. I'm not, he's not going to mention my calls now. And he looks me dead in the eyes and he says, there are billions of people in this world. Do you think you're the only person that's ever done that? Yeah. And in that moment I realized it, right? Like I'm really not that unique. Like I need to, I can step out of loneliness and stop holding this back because I'm right. so afraid. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. Let's move on to the last one. We and got Hall, a T. What's the last one? T. We got a T for Terry. Or tired. Yep, that's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tired. Terry, tired Terry. Yep. All right, what comes to mind when you... I'd, why does this make our I'd, list of relapse warning signs? First of all, I'd like to be tired more than once. I'd like to be retired, but I'm not yet, so... <laughs> You're rehired uh, instead? I'm, yeah, I'm still working. Dude, we got dad I'm, jokes for days on this podcast. for months, for sure. Uh, okay, so tired. Well, first of all... Um, when you're tired, whether that's an actual physical fatigue or an emotional fatigue, right, then your brain's capacity to deal with problems is lessened, mm. right? And so if you have these in, you're tired and you have incoming stressors, like stay up for a couple of days and tell me how great your brain's functioning at the end of that day too, because right. I've done it before, right? Uh, delivering babies. My brain's not functioning very well at the end of that second day. It's just not at all. So... Rest is optimal for the brain. It needs it. That's why we do it. It needs it to function normally and that sort of stuff. Um, Now, I would also counter that being tired is a little bit, maybe a little bit less of a trigger, although, again, your brain's not functioning normally, but a little bit less of a trigger to people whose drug of choice is downers. Mm. But to people whose drug of choice is uppers, tired is a gigantic trigger. Because their brain goes, we know how to fix this. Yeah, I can fix this right now. Mm. I can fix this in five minutes, two minutes. Yeah. 20 seconds. Like you can make that go away with stimulants really quickly and easily. And so for those that are listening that might not be familiar with drugs, um, I, I would suspect a majority of our audience is. But for those that aren't, the stimulants are so methamphetamine. Oh, yeah. Cocaine. Amphetamine, caffeine, Adderall, caffeine. Yeah. 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 Those things are all uppers. My mind goes to, when I think of tired, it goes back to the hungry one, right? Again, now on that same depression survey that I have my clients fill out every week to kind of give me an idea of where they're at, it asks about sleep, sleep patterns. Mm-hmm. Do you have difficulty falling asleep? Do you have difficulty staying asleep? Do you have difficulty waking up at d- different periods of the time? You get the idea. Because that's tied into mental health. That's tied into distress tolerance. That's tied into emotional regulation. That's tied into all the things that have to do with the reason why you want to use in the first place. Typically, we don't wake up one day and go, you know what? I want to become an alcoholic. Right. It's all the the, things that stack up in our life. It's us not being able to shut our brains off. Here's the big stigma thing that I want to get to. 
people think addicts are these low life people that are just dumb and worthless and right. Like it, maybe I'm being extreme here, probably because I'm but a little some animated. people have that judgment. But of, that of is people with addiction. Yeah, they, that's the general kind of census I feel like from people that don't understand it. Let me tell you something. Addicts are some of the most highly intelligent, highly charismatic, aka manipulator people you will ever meet in your whole life. In fact, so so intelligent and so charismatic. They've found a way to self-medicate. And, but the problem is, is and they don't... to get away with self-medicating and doing things that are illegal to get the drug of choice for years. Right. And so, therefore, it ties into the mental health thing. I love you guys all out there, right? Like, I, I, we, we have some of the best people that struggle with this thing. Be aware of relapse warning signs. Yep. That finishes up halt. Yep. We're about we're about out of time. We got a minute left. Which we're gonna is have cool. to do a part two of this. We could, but so I read this article from Hazelden on thirty seven relapse warning signs, and I know, we don't have time to get to any of them. But I did want to mention one of the things that they said was when you find yourself seeking out or considering taking sleep medications, mm. which is really interesting because uh, that, what that really means is you're not sleeping well and that, and that goes right back to halt, right? It goes right back to tired. Yep. If you find yourself considering unnatural ways to s solve your sleep problems, that might be a relapse warning sign. Absolutely. So keep that in mind. Well, we got seconds left in this episode. I love it. I'm glad I'm in studio. Dude, are you going to stay was, healthy on me? Yeah, I'm probably going to die someday, but it ain't going to be this day. <laughs> Don't go kicking the bucket on Not me. Not going to be today. I'm going to make it for another week. I so. have a suggestion for you. Yeah. Get maybe some sleep. In, get some sleep and, and some proper nutrition. And maybe instead of the 74,000 ounces of Dr. Pepper over there, some liquid IV, especially um, if you're out um, on the golf course. I'm working on it. Try, try Bear Claw. I'm working on it. Try Bear Claw. Try Bear Claw. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, it's been a good one. 126 is officially in the books. We will see you in a couple weeks from now because Sean Denman has a crazy schedule. We're out. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.